Like so much of the narrative throughout the gospel, the story of Jesus' final hours and walk to the cross is one of stark contrasts. The vile Barabbas contrasts with the blameless Simon. The powerful, waffling Pilate is stark against the faithful, wailing women. Luke's gospel begins with contrast. Two, the young unmarried girl is chosen to birth the child of God. Mary sings about this reversal in a song of defiance and justice. My soul magnifies the Lord. He has filled hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. This contrast and disparity between the God came to earth that we think we need and the one we got, a soft, breakable, homeless baby, are what makes the Christmas story so intriguing. We can look at this story of difference and unexpectedness and see that, just maybe, we too have a place in God's world as broken as and imperfect as we all are. That is, after all, what we know of our God. God is unexpected. God lifts up the lowly and hoists the self-righteous on our own petards. That is what we learn from the birth narrative. This is a God who will keep us on our toes. We know from our life experience that it's not always exactly so clear which are the lowly and which are the mighty, but we can know for certain that God will upturn the world. God will make it right. And God will do it in a way that is beyond our imagination. And then we get Barabbas, and Simon, and Pilate, and the wailing, following women. And then even our expectations of being upturned are themselves upturned. And nothing is right anymore. When I sit in the middle of this story, especially here, at this point, when Barabbas goes free, I start to doubt the trustworthiness of God. Barabbas, the violent murderer, is called free by the people. And Jesus, regardless of whether or not you can believe him to be God, is innocent, peaceful and innocent, peaceful and innocent and condemned to die that murderer's death. There's another kind of upturning going on here. Evil is winning here. And my doubt starts to creep in. Simon of Cyrene, probably a pilgrim to Jerusalem, a bystander, an innocent, is forced into carrying the instrument of that death, the cross piece of the cross, following behind the weakened, beaten, broken Jesus. And an innocent is implicated by association, and my doubt creeps in. Do not weep for me, Jesus tells the women who follow him. They are instead to weep for their children, the joy of their lives. They, mothers blessed with babies, are the most vulnerable and are soon to be called cursed because of their blessings, because the world has imploded, 
because the promise that God would upturn our expectations, that promise has been upturned, and nothing makes sense. And my doubt creeps in. And the powerful pilot, one of those about whom Mary sang, one of those who should be knocked off his throne by God, Pilate, it seems, is winning even amidst his pathetic indecision. He is weak despite his powerful position, and he is ultimately successful. And my doubt creeps in. Doubt, it seems, is winning here. At the time when we should be most trusting in God, at the time when we need God the most, when fear sets in and evil seems like it will win for sure this time, doubt creeps in through the cracks of our faith like mold. And like mold, it is hard to get rid of. It sickens and it damages and it spreads. But that's how it always is, isn't it? Not just in the story of the passion, not just in the story of Christ, but in our daily stories as well. Doubt creeps in when we most need to trust that God really will upturn evil for good. When we really need to trust that God will strengthen the weak and use whatever we have to make it right. Doubt creeps in when we need most to trust and to believe that, as Mary sings, God has shown strength with his arm and will scatter the proud. God will cast down the, mo the mighty and lift up the lowly. That God has filled the hungry and sent the rich away empty, and that God will come to our aid and remember us in our need. But in this part of the story, as in those darkest, hardest times in our lives, it's hard to remember that God is trustworthy. And in the times when we are at our lowest, God is waiting to upturn, to drive away the dark and the doubt, but we can't see it yet. Right now, a murderer is free. The blessed are wailing, the innocent are implicated. Right now, doubt is creeping. And so we wait. We sit in our discomfort, in our seething, creeping doubt, in our pain and in our senselessness, and we wait because the remaining shreds of our faith are doing their best to remind us that God will make something here where there is now nothing. <laughs> 